0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to turn your garden
1: into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Lawn with this week's Smart Garden. Welcoming your phone calls, lawn and garden phone calls the rest of this hour. And before I give you those phone numbers and the text number, let me say hi to uh, Professor Mary Meyer. Nice to see you again, Mary.
2: Wonderful to be here, Denny. Good morning.
1: And you brought Professor John Trappi back.
2: <laughs> John Trappi, he's one of our, uh, its actually technically a postdoc student, or no, no researcher, uh, working with us. But John's an expert on turf. And yes. we're still talking turf, among many other things this morning.
1: Yes, and you and I, the three of us, were talking about the shoveling of acorns. Oh, Everybody's talking the about acorns, acorns. the
2: acorns. Acorns. We'll talk about the acorns. We've got to talk about the emerald ash borer, the other. uh, Oh, yeah. You've got some
1: news about that, too. What's going on? Uh, So, if you do have, uh, especially since John has come back to uh, CCO, if you have a turf question, you can zero in on that with uh, with uh, John Trappi this morning. Uh, Mary, of course, has helped us out for ages here on who helped you out. Let me give you the phone number, first of all, and you don't wait. We always tend to get busy, and I want to mention, too, that our friends at Buy the Yard Patio Furniture sponsor the show every week, and we, uh, we appreciate that. 651-989-9226. We told you last week, if you have a lawn type of question, save it till today. When uh, when John is here, and uh, indeed he has uh, returned, 651-989-9226, or send us a text uh, like some folks are already doing, 81807. Well, let's talk a lot about the acorns, because I know my our friend Steve Murphy from uh, CCO News in the past has uh, sent uh, an article about that. What is it called, masting?
2: Yes, M-A-S-T, or masting. It's just a, a term for heavy, heavy seed set. And uh we think of it primarily with oaks. It happens uh they're big, conspicuous seeds, so we see that, but this is a mass year for maples for elms oh, it For is. ash Yes, and I actually we talked about it back in June. maybe people have already forgotten, but it was conspicuous in the spring when elms set seed. They were brown, totally brown, some trees. And maple the same way. Now, maples hold their seed. They come down a little bit later. But we could see that this spring. But the acorns now are what we're really seeing. And, right, is it dangerous to walk under your own uh, oak tree because <laughs> you'll get hit on the head? They are falling like crazy. You can hear them fall on you roofs. Uh, people have been sweeping them off their uh, porches, etc. And, of course, they're falling uh, in lawns and everywhere. So... Uh, it is a, a, um, a normal occurrence, and uh, there's just a huge amount of seed. So for us, it's cleaning them up at this point. But most of the time, John, I think we can uh, tell people that they can uh, mulch them as they're mowing their lawn, and there's usually no consequence there.
1: But you don't want, uh, John, you don't want a, a heavy layer on your uh, lawn, do you?
3: No, generally speaking, no, but there, uh, but there is actually uh, – there is um, – Certainly, an exception there. Uh, so I think I think in general, homeowners are are certainly safe to uh, to be mulching the you know the oaks, acorns, and things like that. Rake them up,
1: but you don't have to be a perfectionist about
3: it. Absolutely not. All right.
1: Um. And what about the ash borer? Now, you and I were talking a little bit Oh, unfortunately,
2: yes. The Department of Ag, just on Thursday of this week, so this is really breaking news, uh, found the emerald ash borer in Wright County. So Wright is, of course, west of Hennepin County. They immediately quarantined that area, so you can see this on the Department of Agriculture maps. Uh, This is very likely that someone transported wood that had the emerald ash borer, which is uh, illegal because of the quarantine. You cannot move it in quarantine uh, from quarantine areas. So unfortunately, now uh, further west in Minnesota, we find the emerald ash borer, so We have been talking about this for some time, and everyone should know if you have an ash on your property, how many ash do you want to protect it and uh, make plans for protection and then replanting different species. Different
1: species, yeah. Yeah. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Chris and Blaine, I believe, is first uh, up. Go ahead, Chris. Thank you.
4: Hi. um, I planted some new uh, shrubs in a house that I just moved into, and I planted the red vine dogwood kind of, out front and they're really blossoming and really tall. Um, I can't kind of let them get out of control. So when would be a time that I could cut these back and not harm the plant?
2: You should just wait until they're totally dormant. So once the leaves fall off and we get into the wintertime, then through the winter is a good time to prune them. That'll actually be easier for you to see the overall shape of the plant at that point too. But the red twig dogwood, a great plant, uh, especially for wet areas, but a tough, uh, hardy uh, Minnesota native.
1: All right. Thanks, Chris. Jerry in New Prague, I believe, is next up on the phone. Go ahead, Jerry. Thank you.
4: Uh, thank you for taking my call. I have a maple tree in my front yard, and and we live in an association, and it's the only tree that has lost all its leaves. And I was wondering uh, what could have happened. I fertilized it good in the spring and everything.
2: Yes, unfortunately, that early leaf loss is a sign of stress or a tree that isn't of the best of conditions, especially if the foliage is all gone now uh, in se- in early, kind of mid-September. Um I guess I'd recommend you have an arborist come out and look at the tree. Um, One of the most likely things is stem girdling roots that the tree has been planted at the improper planting depth. You may or may not be able to uh, correct that. But um, a a professional arborist is the best way to go to give you an estimate of what uh, could be wrong with it.
1: Thank you, Jerry. A text, uh, I think John could... uh handle this one. Let's see if I can find it again. My son purchased a new home. The lawn needs a little work. It's not horrible, just has weeds from previous owners being out of the house a while. Is it better to put weed and feed down or go with a fall or winter fertilizer? What What would you do, John? What's the process this time of year? Because I wanted to ask you about that, too, as far as uh, a pre-immersion, post-immersion. What's good to do this time of year?
3: So as far as this time of the year, you should... The, your number one concern should be setting up and, and making sure that you have adequate soil fertility uh, for next year and, and the coming years after that. So I would suggest on, on a new site conducting a soil test, just making sure that you have no uh, nutrient deficiencies in the soil and making sure that you have proper nitrogen fertilization. Uh, and we have some uh, documents on our website, uh, extension publications on how, to, on how to fertilize, how much to fertilize, and when to fertilize.
1: What is that uh, website, John?
3: Uh, uh turf.umn.edu or uh Extension.umn.edu. Extension. Um, um, uh, that's the one we give uh, all the time. If right? you just uh, Google search uh, turf extension, uh, you'll find uh, one among many of our uh, all right. m- among many of our publications.
1: All right. Very good. Uh, I tell you what, Dennis, I know we have to break. We have more show to come. We have callers. We have texters. I see a line open if you want to call in your lawn or garden question. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Back with our Smart Garden Show. Here on uh, News Talk A3OWCCO, 73 degrees, heading for 92. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on News Talk A3OWCCO. Mary Meyer, John Trappy in helping you out. And specifically today, and Mary, of course, has helped us out for a number of years now on our Lawn and Garden Show. But if you have a turf question specifically, John can certainly feel that uh, for you too. Um, and we have a bunch of everything here. Tell you what, let's go back to the phones, and we'll grab some uh, text messages as well. Jim in Lake Elmo, I believe, has been waiting. Go ahead, Jim. Thank you.
4: Oh, thank you. Uh, I've got a bunch of volunteers helping me today. We were planning on transplanting about 25 maples that are 6 to 7 feet tall and some uh, uh, Black Hill spruce. But I'm thinking with the weather, and they're far enough away where I can't get water to them on a regular basis. Uh so I was thinking with the weather maybe I shouldn't do that today. What do you think?
1: Cuz of the hot weather.
2: Uh yeah. I I agree with you Jim. I I think that that's a risk. Um it 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 really is tough. Uh the maples well and the the spruce as well. Uh, the they definitely are going to need water uh after transplanting and I, I think it's going to be in a few days. It'll be cool, but boy, they'll they will need water. It could set them back. So I would try um, if you're if you're going to move them in the fall. We like to have a month of gro- good growing conditions prior to cold weather. Or if you did it first thing in the spring, uh, you you're assured then of of minimal winter damage because you have the long growing season ahead to get reestablished. Okay,
1: very good. Uh, Steve in Litchfield, I think, has a lawn question uh, for John. Go ahead, Steve. Thanks for calling.
4: You bet. Uh, my lawn looks relatively healthy. Just wondering, it's so uneven. If you're walking barefoot on it or something like that, there's seems to be a lot of bumps. It's very bumpy.
1: Yeah, we get that just question. Not really
4: sure what that is. Yeah,
1: yeah, we get the question a lot. John, what's that all about?
4: Uh, d-
3: Excuse me. There could be uh, several different causes for that. Most likely, it's probably just earthworm uh, castings uh, that are just at the soil surface, but below the lawn height, where you don't really see them. Uh, what you can't, what you can do is uh, you can also just try to roll the lawn in the spring when it's a little bit softer after the froth, uh, freeze uh, freeze and thaw cycles, um, and you'll smooth smoothen out the lawn for. For the coming season, but right now there's not a whole lot that you can do uh, to to do that. So I would just wait until the, wait until the spring and then try to correct that then.
1: And those critters aren't they beneficial for the lawn? Oh, this is
2: debate. This a, is debate. <laughs> <it's laughs> deba- we are now debating a the here. value <laughs> of earthworms. The earthworms are <laughs> yes have caused a lot of consternation, especially in wooded areas. I think in, in uh, John can answer that. But fr- the turf really can grow when it's bumpy.
3: Absolutely. Right.
2: Yeah. But, oh, okay. But now you can answer the earthworms and lawns.
1: <laughs> well, so
3: it, it, generally speaking, they 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 have actually been used in the past as a as a natural aerifier uh, to try to open up the soil and allow more gas exchange. But uh, but in general, they're they're more of a, less an aesthetic uh, nuisance than they are a functional one. They're not necessarily hurting the lawn. Okay. Uh, but they can have some some agronomic or benefit, health plant health benefits to it. As
1: I well. like that. was kind of a diplomatic <laughs> answer. I like that. Yes, and then it depends. In the <laughs>
2: woods where the invasive earthworms are eating the duff, ah. it's a different story than in the lawn All where right. they can do the aeration. Let's
1: right. grab some text messages. Uh, please help me figure out, the texter says, the best way to avoid winter dieback on my Green Mountain Pyramid Dwarf boxwoods. Wrap them in burlap, anti-desiccant. They're in a protected spot, but I still lose a few branches every year. That came from Sandy and Chanhassen.
2: So I have a lot of these boxwood, also, and I I have little dieback. Sometimes you have dieback, so you can try wrapping them in burlap. But the the location where you plant them is critical. Never on the south side, west side, where they get worse uh, winter uh, conditions. The north side, east sides are better with some protection. Um, the other thing is, is you never want to prune them so that they have new growth going into the winter because it's that new growth that will be more susceptible to, to killing. So I try to prune my box with the end of June so that they get hardened up before the winter. So perhaps pruning might be an issue as well. Make sure that they're well-watered going into the fall. And if you can block them with a burlap, but not completely cover them up so that they get uh, some uh, sunlight, that, that would be ideal.
1: Texter says, I have a row of 12 mature juniper bushes that was hit hard by the April snowfall, 75% dead. Now, if I trim those down to the ground in the spring, any chance they may grow back? It comes from Maple Grove.
2: Uh, they they might. Uh, I guess you could try it. They're dead. So what? But you know, frankly, I think that they. If you haven't seen any new growth from them at this point, those plants are probably dead. Um, It was a difficult winter last year for a number of reasons, and I saw mature junipers dead that were old, and that's what I think this person said, 12 mature junipers, right? Yeah, so I I doubt if they're going to come back. You could try it.
1: Okay. Uh, Let's see. Margaret's calling from St. Paul with a question. Go ahead, Margaret.
2: Um, Yes, good morning. Um,
4: I was calling on, um, I guess, somewhat of a lawn question. (laughs) I um, acquired a sinkhole a few years back here now, and it keeps growing, and um, um, it probably started off, you know, around a dinner plate size when I noticed it, and then, um, you know, it's, oh gosh, I don't even know how big it is. It's huge, and it's probably a foot deep, and I had out, like, the city, it's not a sewer pipe. I had somebody out from, I don't know, something to do with agricultural and they did like an aerial, and they said there was never a tree there. So I've been filling it with um, some leaves and mulch, and I don't know if that's the right thing to do.
1: What do you do, John, if you've got if you've got a sinkhole in your yard?
2: Wow. Uh, Hey, Margaret, I'm telling you, you're the first person that called. And I thought, are you in Rochester where we do have those natural sinkholes? They're frightening. The big ones, cars fall through and everything. That's a condition with a limestone rock being porous that erodes underground and will cause those sinkholes. But no, you're in St. Paul. Well, you were really wise to get the city out there because uh, that I, I don't know. Uh, it could be that you're, you're an animal made a burrow there, and now you're just seeing that uh, burrow come to life. I guess I'd put in something more substantial than leaves. I'd try to get some soil in there and then watch that area and see uh, if it changes. It c- still could be an animal or, an, or the remains of an animal uh, den.
1: Hmm. You know, I, I don't have, know. I have something like that in my yard in every couple of years. yes. <laughs> and
2: here we haven't been talking no, about it. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't know
1: what it is, but I think, well, gee, is there a hole in my uh, sewer <laughs> pipe or drain pipe or whatever? So I have scooped it out and put in soil and rocks every rocks. two yeah, or three rocks years. Yeah, rocks be good as and well. And then some uh, for the toy. And everything grows fine, but there is
2: a depression, depression there. in there. Yeah. I, oh, and, I, I, and, I
1: walk very gingerly <laughs> over it.
2: Right, and, you know, how long ago was there, could there have been a tree there? Even 20 years ago, and it's now really fully decayed and opening up a space yeah. where the trunk was. So,
1: Good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. We need to take our usual bottom-of-the-hour break. I urge folks on the line, hang on, and text us. We're going to get back to the text screen, too. 651-989-9226, and the text is 81807. Mary Meyer, John Trappi in studio here on the Smart Garden Show on News Talk 830-WCCO. Hi, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show, brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture. Uh, in studio with me, Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota, along with uh, John Trappi. We're talking lawns and gardens like we always do, but John is visiting us today. Specifically, we're talking about uh, your lawns, so if you have a specific question, uh, you can direct it right uh, toward uh, John. 651-989-9226, text 81807. We're going to get back to the text screen because there are a million of them.
2: Good. However,
1: Rick in Buffalo is waiting on the horn to ask a question. Go ahead, Rick.
4: Uh, yeah, I've got a about a two-acre front yard that used to be a farm field. So I've got ruts that uh, I've been mowing it for about four years, and um, it's just so rough that you can't even hardly mow it. What I'm wondering is, can I get topsoil and just drag it into the low spots and top seed it uh, over the years and fill it in, or is it better to uh, just fill it totally under and level it and then top it?
1: What would you do, John? What do you think? I, I would think it
3: would. Uh, I, I would think that it would probably uh, depend upon how deep the ruts are. If they're more than say uh, two or three inches, I would probably just consider. Uh, Just fully renovating and just starting over from that. But if it's a if they're but it sounds like you know if you're having difficulty even mowing, uh, then that's the case. Then I would probably just renovate. Renovate the whole thing.
1: All right. Good luck, Rick. A labor, of love. A, lo- labor of love, a labor of love, for sure. <laughs> right. Let's talk. We always like uh, to talk, as you know, Mary, about uh, that the great resource, the Arboretum. What's going on there?
2: Oh, wow. Well, we're in uh, apple harvest mode, and you can the Apple House is open. There are fresh apples, locally grown apples, sweet Tango Zestar are out there now. So, uh, stop by the Apple House. You can check it out from the Arboretum's website. Uh, there are apple tastings coming up later this month, and if you visit the Arboretum. Of course, the annuals are gorgeous. Absolutely. There are some seven-foot-tall annuals out there. Are blooming there really? Really. In honor of the 60th anniversary of the Arboretum, um, the uh, a beautiful uh, diamond anniversary is uh, purple with uh, purple and pink and silver colors. So it's beautiful at the Arboretum. Great place to take a walk. Check out the website out. There are lots of activities coming up.
1: And directions, for those that don't know?
2: It's west of the cities, and it's just on the south side of Highway 5, uh, just after the junction of 41 and 5.
1: Easy to get to. Chaska. For sure. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, grab some text messages here. Uh text says, I have a few shrubs I need to replace. Many are on sale now, but do they do better by waiting until spring to plant them?
2: No, I would still, uh, between now and the 1st of October, I I would definitely consider planting uh, trees and shrubs, Uh, especially container-grown material has a good root system. And in the fall, uh, as long as you give it adequate water, is a great time for planting.
1: Okay. What is your opinion, uh, Texas says, when planting B&B trees, should the basket and burlap be removed?
2: Yes. Okay. Right. Yes, uh, you have to carefully take those off uh, and uh, make sure you don't drop the tree or mishandle it. Uh, bald and burlap trees are big. Sometimes Many homeowners don't want to uh, deal with those because of the size of them, but uh, you have to dig your hole, have that well prepared, put them in the ground, carefully remove uh, as much as possible of the burlap.
1: Texter wants to know, how often do you treat ash trees? Well, I assume
2: they're that? talking about treating them for prevention of the emerald ash borer. Mm-hmm. It, it, it depends, but it's usually every two, possibly three years uh, for the preventative uh, injection material. These are uh, commercial applicators do this. Uh, for trees that are specimen trees, nice, healthy trees, this is a good option and will certainly buy you time. Uh, but uh, contact a professional arborist. Uh, definitely uh, a way to go. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. My lawn texture says is now full of quackgrass. I believe this took place after allowing quackgrass to fill in an area after moving a large compost pile. I mowed this area in addition to my lawn and likely spread all of the quackgrass seed throughout my lawn. Do I need to kill off my lawn and start over?
3: If indeed it is quackgrass. Uh, what does quackgrass look like? So quackgrass is uh, will grow a little bit faster than the, than the rest of your lawn would. So it looks a little bit tall and spindly. It has a little bit more lime green color, and it has what we call clasping oracles. Um, there's a there's a lot of great resources online as far as how to identify quackgrass. I would just first make sure that it is quackgrass because here's the bad news: if it is, you are probably going to. If you really want to get rid of it, you're pretty much ready, you're going to have to start over and fully oh uh, kill off everything. Because the quackgrass grass is, uh, there's no selective treatments to remove just the quackgrass without hurting your No your kidding.
2: But I'm thinking this collar actually may have crab grass. Because ah. this time of year, it's much more conspicuous than quack
1: grass. Well, that's good yeah. to know. And- uh, hence How do you, the, you treat hence
3: that? The uh, hence the importance of making sure that you <laughs> yeah. identify yeah. The, the grass. That's treatable, I take it. Then. Yes. Probably. Crabgrass, if indeed, uh, you know, we may get another caller asking about crabgrass. At this point, I would not do anything uh, and not worry at all about crabgrass, if indeed that is the case. Till spring? A, yes. Uh, it's a summer annual. Uh, they're all slowing down in growth. They're all going to die soon uh, with the first frost. So just make sure that your lawn is in uh, good order for next spring.
1: Very good. Dexter wants to know, can we plant our tulip bulbs now or should we wait until October or November?
2: No, I would definitely plant them now. Uh, the sooner the bulbs are in the ground, the sooner they'll start growing their roots and get established. So this is the ideal time for planting tulips.
1: All right. The leaves on my hibiscus plants are turning yellow. I've never had this happen in the past. What could be causing this?
2: Uh, there are a number of things with hibiscus leaves turning yellow. They go through a lot of leaves uh, and regenerate a lot of new ones. So as long as they're the older leaves that are falling off, it might be okay and you still have new growth. The other thing is to look closely for pests because um, aphids as well as spider mites are notorious on hibiscus. And you can, if you do close inspection, you can find those, uh, spray them off with water, or use insecticidal soap.
1: We at Texas says we are uh, sandy soil. After the drought and the rain came, I have large areas that are dead. What's the rule about seeding and putting down a pre-emergent?
3: So, uh, so generally speaking, there's only one uh, product that if you wanted to to seed at the same time and also put down a pre-emergent, that would be Siguron is the is the name of the chemical that would work with that, but. Uh, but in general, uh, I would just recommend uh, instead of trying to find the right product and things like that, I would just make sure that you seed now uh, if indeed uh, – w- where was the text or call from?
1: It doesn't say where. It just says we have sandy soil. Okay.
3: If you're in the Twin Cities or further south, I would still consider doing that. If you're further north, uh, you're starting to push the envelope as far as when to, when to be seeding there. So uh, if indeed you're in the Twin Cities or south, uh, seed and then uh, – treat the treat the weeds as they come up with a pre-emergent in the springtime uh, as opposed to now because right now you're just going to be dealing with winter annuals this the summer annuals that'd be germinating next spring are a concern then
1: I've had uh, some luck and Mary and I've talked about this before with uh, uh, dormant seeding uh, when when if I wanted to do more of that this uh, fall uh, when, when's it to, do I wait till like November or something
3: yeah I would I would uh, with with dormant seeding is, is, is we're finding is, is a very effective way of of seeding or renovating a lawn, and and you would do that sometime in the in early November, uh, before snow cover. Oh, before snow cover. Okay. Yes. Uh, mainly because you just want you want the seeds to as you seed them, you want them to stay where you put them. Uh, with snow that may change. So any time before snow cover or, uh, uh, very early spring, immediately after snow melt, would be another time of oh, technically okay. uh, that that could work, but but certainly in early November is more effective.
1: All right. Let's see. Here's one from there. Milkweed plant has black specks under leaves and on pods. Uh, Specks were pale yellow earlier in the summer. Uh, Is that eggs or disease? Uh, Leaves are very glossy.
2: It's probably disease from the way you're describing it. Uh, Eggs are usually raised bumps, and they may be black, but they're conspicuously raised and above the leaf. If it's it's, uh, flush with the leaf and just appears to be like painting on the leaf, then it's probably a fungal leaf spot that's there. But I would not worry about that. Uh, Certainly nothing to be concerned about. And the leaves are soon to be gone um, on uh, milkweed. But great to your growing a pollinator plant. Great for pollinators.
1: I tell you what, let's uh, take our usual break here. We have more more show to come, both uh, callers and texters. So hang on here. It's a smart garden around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, here on News Talk 830, WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Denny Long here, along with Mary Meyer and John Travi answering your lawn and garden questions. Let's mention the uh, website again, you guys. Uh, we yes, always like so to do that. so
2: extension.umn.edu, and then click on Yard and Garden. Uh, John was also mentioning the turf.umn.edu is a good resource, especially for turf, but extension.umn.edu will give you the the whole gamut of what extension does, and Yard and Garden is where what's wrong with my plant, what insect is that, what weed is this, so great resources.
1: And I know you and your colleagues have put in a lot of work uh, f- yes, fixing that whole Yes, fixing it, uh,
2: uh, changing it, so people would really notice it's much more uh, friendly for uh, mobile users. Ah. So, uh, that's what a lot of the website looks like now. So the pictures come up better on your phones and so on. Well, that's good. Which is where most people are using Isn't the Isn't that true? Yes. Yeah, how
1: oh, things have changed. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Jean and Egan has, I believe, a lawn question. Go ahead, Jean.
2: Good morning.
1: Morning.
4: Um, I have got a lot of curly fescue in my lawn this year. And my question is kind of twofold. You've been talking about weeds in the lawn a lot this morning. Can I still treat... Well, by, by treating, I mean, I'm actually, I'm pulling out a lot of it, but I'll go to the source of it. As you know, it kind of creeps around and makes a whole big patch and then you find the source of it and pull it out. And sometimes I leave a bald spot there. So I've kind of been mixing some dirt and grass seed and kind of sprinkling it where it left a bald spot. But I'm just wondering, should I treat that this fall? And then... This year I didn't do the regular three times treatment with weed prevention. And should I have done that, what do you think about doing that sort of thing?
3: Yeah. Did did I understand curly fescue correctly? Yes. 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 Um, yeah, I'm I'm unfamiliar with that. We Me too,
2: Jean. What do you what do you think this really is? Okay, so it it's looks a- like a grass, but you don't like it. It doesn't look
4: like grass. It's um, it almost looks kind of mossy, lacy like. I guess I would call it. Oh, it and it's like, got it, tiny little it, buds.
2: Oh, like they're almost
4: kind of pinkish looking.
2: So it's it's a broadleaf weed, but it's 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 a weed you want to get rid of, and you're pulling it out. Yeah. So let's go ahead, John.
3: Well, I would, I, you know, I, I think um, mo- in most cases, uh, first I would just try to identify the weed. And I know, you know, it sounds like maybe you've already tried to do that, but I would just make sure that you know what weed you're trying to, trying to work with here. Um, and then uh, most broadleaf, uh, if it does sound like a broadleaf weed, most broadleaf uh, herbicides are, are fairly safe uh, on the rest of the lawn. Uh, and I would recommend doing that. Right now is a perfect time to be doing that. Uh, and then, like you said, with the weed and, to answer your weed and feed question, uh, I you know the weed and feed products are are great at working at that, but it sounds like you know maybe you're concerned that your lack of application of the weed and feed is why you have the broadleaf, but that may be the case, it may not be this This was a particularly uh problematic year for many different weeds so just uh make sure that you have adequate fertility uh, that you um, th- that the fertilizer itself is the most important thing, and not necessarily the weed and feed portion of that. Product, so just make sure that you uh, are getting adequate fertility, and uh, and I think you should be good to go. Uh, but like I said, a broadleaf uh, product uh, would uh, w- should control that uh, that weed.
1: Okay, let's talk a little bit uh, about uh, lawn aeration. This is the this is the time of year that should be done. At least what from what middle of August, mid September when?
3: I I would. Uh, I would uh, be a little bit cautious about aerating after the end of September. Okay, um, why is after that? After October first, because you want the lawn to heal before ah. uh, before uh, the winter. So, um, so you want it to be able to recover uh, from that injury. Um, but but you're absolutely right. Right now is the perfect time to be doing that. Um, and uh, you know I think the main purpose of aeration is to remove uh, or to relieve soil compaction. Uh, and to allow gas exchange, which is uh, very helpful for uh, for the plants. Oh, all right. So, uh, so that's right now. That's why you're doing that, and uh, and that, and right now is a great time.
1: Very good. Uh, let's see. Back to the text. Our two year old purple lilac had a few flowers this spring. This summer, started uh, showing brown stems. It is now totally brown. Mm-hmm. Is it dead?
2: Uh, it sounds like it's dead. So you can take pruners and cut into the wood and see if you see any green or if it's still brown. If that's difficult for you to tell, you can always wait until next spring to decide if it's, if it, if it leaves out or not. Otherwise, I would definitely think about planting another shrub uh, there.
1: Okay. Dexter says, my lawn struggled a bit during the heat. Looked great after all the rain. Well, now my grass blades are started turning a deep, a real deep golden copper color. This has happened before. I've clay soil. I've worried these areas will start going brown again. I did put down some granules that controls fungus. Any idea of what I can do?
3: Copper color. That's yeah, uh, that's quite interesting. I would uh you Do you know, think
2: that's rust? Do you think that, it's perennial ryegrass with rust? That that could Maybe? potentially
3: be that if if it's showing up as a uh on your tennis shoes or on your shoes is where you'd notice it most. Uh, when you're walking. But if, it, if it's not, you know, if it even indeed it is rust, that's normally a sign of low nitrogen. Uh, but if it's not, if it is rust, there's not really anything you can do other than just fertilize. But if it is not rust, uh, then at that point, it may just still be stress that's just lingering around.
1: Well, oh, interesting. Rust. I know we've talked about that before.
2: Yes, we primarily see that on uh, perennial ryegrass. But uh, as John says, it comes off on your shoes, so you have these rusty or orangey shoes that you have as well. But it could be the the low nitrogen. This is a prime time for fertilization with lawns, just like aeration is. We're getting the end of the seeding time, but still prime time for fertilizing lawns. If
1: you picked one time a year to fertilize your lawn, this would be it.
3: Right now would be it.
1: All right. Uh, let's see. Another text says I have a huge spirea plant, and I'm wondering if I can separate it and transplant it now.
2: Wow. Uh, okay, this one word, huge, kind of scares me because the bigger it is, the harder it is to transplant. Now, spirea is a tough plant. I would not do it now. I would wait until spring to do it, and I'd do it before, just before it leaves out in the spring so, uh, And then dig that hole before you start digging up the plant so that you uh, can shift it as quickly as possible and then keep it well watered.
1: Can I cut? Texter says an 18-inch twig from an autumn blaze maple. Stick it in the ground, leaving 2 to 3 inches out of the ground and expect a tree to grow come next spring. Is there a better way to grow an autumn blaze? Or does it have to be from a seed?
2: (laughs) It's not going to come from a seed and be an autumn blaze. Um, This is how commercial growers uh, do it. They do the cuttings and so on. Uh, I don't think that's going to work for you. Uh, You could try it. Uh, now that's going to work for the dogwood, their willows, they're plants that, that root very easily. You can get that, uh, take your own cuttings and do that. But I'm not sure that's going to work with an autumn blaze. I haven't done that myself. Uh, the best thing to do is buy an autumn blaze that's already got a good root system on it.
1: All right, we have less than a minute to go, and we have yet to talk about Japanese beetles. Uh, <laughs> is there anything you can put down to keep Japanese beetles from hatching next year?
2: Uh, well, the prevention for hatching is killing the grubs. And so there are a number of things you can do, but you have to make sure that the you do have the grubs in your lawn. So you've got to do inspections and know that they're there. They're good flyers. They come from anywhere. So unless you've got the damage on your lawn, I, I would say no. Um, the best thing to do is hand pick them off crops, uh, off plants in a, a home owner. Uh, Excellent.
1: And before we go, that website again at the U of M.
2: Yes. Extension.umn.edu. Click on Yard and Garden.
1: Excellent. Good to see you both. Thanks My so much pleasure, for all Daddy. your help. As Thank usual. You, Thanks so much.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.